Squash Tourist and Friends podcast, episode six. Today we have Chris Tasker on the show. He is a former junior national champion and a university team winning captain with Manchester. He's also a man of many nicknames, known as the Andrei Shevchenko of Northwest League and the galvanizer of West Midland squash. Please enjoy the show. Chris Tasker, I think we're live in the studio. Mr. Cox, thank well, you for having me. Welcome to the show. It was, uh, it was, it was all calm here. I got myself prepared with, uh, with about half an hour to spare and then uh, got, got all the down for a nap. And then delivery man knocks on the door, dog goes absolutely nuts. All is, all is woken up going, going crazy. So it's, uh, it's all kicked off a little bit here. But oh well. As Bruce, as Bruce, uh... <laughs> well, yeah, Bruce is doing our head in at the minute, to be honest. <laughs> we keep threatening her, threatening her with uh, taking her back to the dog zone, but that doesn't seem to, discipline like that doesn't seem to work with a dog. Yeah, just for any listeners out there that haven't, haven't had the pleasure of meeting Bruce, that's uh, Tasker, Tasker's uh, little... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what breed? What breed? She is a, a little pug cross with a, with a staffy. And yeah, she is, she is a she uh, called Bruce, <laughs> but that's... Uh, that wasn't my decision. <laughs> Easily confused. Well, she, she's definitely confused. So yeah, just looking through the uh, the archives here. It's um, Chris uh, from a squash point of view, British national champion under seventeen. Yep. Top junior, yeah, one of the top prospects back then. I'd imagine I'm probably uh, going to be the only person on your on your podcast who uh, whose career. The career's high point was when he was 17. <laughs> it was all downhill from there. <laughs> um, uh, not many national title winners there. I think the first one of those. So. Oh, except Creedy. Creedy's there. Uh, won a few, few Welsh ones, isn't he? True, true. Yeah, a few seniors. Uh, a British university team champion with uh, Manchester back in, was it 2008, 9? Yeah, we had, to, uh, we had to wait for Joel Hines to leave, leave Birmingham. We couldn't quite... Couldn't quite get it over the line until he left, <laughs> uh, but as soon as he did, we we nicked it off him. Yeah, just between uh, yeah, between Joel leaving and uh, Shibagi, the, the Shibagi's both going to Bristol. Yeah, per- perfect time, perfect time. Yeah, perfect storm. Yeah, nice. Um, and now you're uh, yeah galvanising the West Midlands region, Worcestershire and the West Midlands <laughs> regional coach and uh, head coach at West Warwick's and Bart Green Sports Club. Yeah, I get around a bit around the West Midlands. Yeah, doing my best. Um, as as sort of Ryder said in, when he spoke, spoke to him the other week, we're we're blessed with a, a lot of decent juniors in in the West Midlands, which can make your life a little bit easier at times. But um, still, quite a lot of work to do. So, well, it's a lot lot brighter than when uh, when I was a junior. I remember, um, yeah, the, the inter regional championships. We were we were always the I don't know eighth out of eight or whatever it was. So, yeah, we were. We were bringing up the rear. <laughs> uh, and well, so I, I, I grew up in Gloucestershire and we were, we were pretty strong. Um, and I, I think Warwickshire were just sort of coming, coming into it a little bit back then, sort of Nick Bradley and that sort of, that sort of elk. But um, it's certainly there's been, they've been blessed with national champions in the last 10 years around here. So, yeah, it's a strong region. So many coaches. That's why I'm over here. There's no jobs. No jobs left. <laughs> saturated market, mate. Saturated. Uh, 
yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of a lot of decent coaches in a in a very small geographical area, all I guess pushing each other on. The competition in in that sort of sense can only can only help. So um, I suppose led led by Ryder, who's the, the national coach. Um, but yeah, this is kids kids don't know how lucky they are, I guess, around here. <laughs> <laughs> so so we like to remind them, yeah. That's what I keep telling them, yeah. <laughs> uh, right, let's uh, let's go straight into the uh, well, the feature that everyone's everyone's after. <laughs> Everyone loves to hear the hot feature. Been rebranded the intense eleven because some of them might, some of them weren't quite uh, quick fire enough. But um, I think uh, did Ryder start that because he started <laughs> going off on tangents and, and making them pretty long. Yeah, uh, I think it was, it was more quite my, sh- as much my questioning to be honest. That, yeah, some of the questions were pretty yeah. A bit too open. Your, yeah. Yours are plenty, yeah, fairly, fairly close. We'll see. Um, so, your your anyone knows knows that you're a, you're a big armchair sports fan. What's your uh, what's your favourite sport to watch? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I pretty much watch everything. Um, I, I'd, I'd say the most. I, I probably watch more football than than anything else. Um, not not just Premier League. <laughs> to add is. Uh, Pretty much any level. I think one of the low points of uh, of lockdown so far was resorting to watching Belarusian Premier League, which was <laughs> awful. Um, just before we just yeah, <laughs> uh, just before um, we started the call, I was watching the rerun of uh, the Euro Euro 2012 Italy v Spain uh, final, <laughs> which was it uh, with uh, Fernando Torres and Iniesta at their best. It was yeah, pleasure to watch. So in in terms of what I watch the most, football, um, but yeah, pretty much anything: rugby, tennis, squash. So football takes. Football takes, yeah. but not necessarily yeah. Barclays Premier League. Could be. A, could well, be a I'd, female. I'd, I'd say I'd say football in terms of uh, league stuff, rugby in terms of international, um, but then in Test match cricket, I could sit down and watch that for five days without moving too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, number two, your uh, your top lockdown ale. What's the uh, what's the what's the most been most popular for you? I'm currently drinking a Brewdog. Um, nice. Brewdog, Brewdog, and uh, and a Purity. Obviously, uh, a West Midlands now West Midlands boy. Ubu, Ubu, and the, the Purity Brewery is a is a local local ale. Um, yeah, I'd say I'd say that's an Ubu is probably my favourite tipple at the minute. Yeah, both both good choices. Unfortunately, can't get them over here. I'm, I'm representing no, well, not when we put this on video, but the half full brewery that's uh, Stamford's <laughs> finest. So uh, yeah, been, been, uh, you've always been a you've always been a cup half full kind of guy, haven't you? So, so yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not sure about that, but yeah, uh, trying to be these days at least. The cup yeah. cup's usually half full, maybe not the outlook on life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, right, number three. So, Robbie Fowler or Bobby Firmino? Well, I have to say Firmino because I, I, I literally sing his song every single day since all is born. Um, it's how I get her down in the evening. I sing uh, <laughs> the 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 sea uh, senor give the ball to Bobby and he will score. It gets a, it gets an outing every day. Um, but that is a tough one. Firmino gets a lot of stick. I've had a lot of arguments about Firmino with some people recently saying that he's uh, overrated. Um, yeah. But I always think people who say that 
can't really know what they're talking about, to be honest, because he shouldn't be judged just on his goals and, uh, and assists. He does, he does some unbelievable stuff. Um, Bobby edges it at the minute for me. Right. No. Yeah. Not most, Maybe not as natural. I got didn't know quite where the uh, goal is as well as Robbie, but he's uh, he's he certainly brought the success to the uh, to the fans, hasn't he? I guess I guess that that answer could be uh, biased to the fact that I've I've obviously watched a lot recently, um, and and he's just part of a Premier League title winning team, so <laughs> he's uh, he's going to go down in history as an absolute legend for sure. Yeah. Yeah, solid. Yeah, no. but mind mind you, uh, Robbie's got one of the best celebrations uh, I think ever. We're going to see him against Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah. Not another Graham Lasso one, but no. no. <laughs> I'd imagine you'd have chosen uh, Fowler there, would you? you loving your nineties football. I probably yeah. I, oh yeah, I, I I barely watched any any live football uh, any live games of. Bobby Firmino, so no, I'd, I'd have to go yeah. back to all of it, yeah, for me. But um, yeah, I'm not a Liverpool fan, so. Uh, right, number four, he's like, as you said, you're a now Midlands boy, but Birmingham or Manchester? I know Manchester's got a special place in your in your heart as well. Yeah, I obviously spent three years there at, at university. Um, loved every, every minute of it, and I thought Manchester was a brilliant city. Um, but uh, in terms of somewhere to live, Birmingham takes it for me. Um, and I, I know Manchester has changed quite a bit, but yeah, I think I'll leave those memories back at, at uni rather than so. Yeah, but, um, I think Birmingham's on the rise. It's getting there's more and more stuff to do. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love it. It gets a lot of bad press, doesn't it? But it does, I'm uh, I'm very settled, very settled here. Birmingham takes it. It's got a good rep over here. Though. Yeah, for, obviously people haven't been there, but yeah, as soon as you mentioned Birmingham, it's Peaky Blinders. It's on Netflix over here. So yeah, I think that's helped. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's got a good reputation over here. I'll try and try and keep that uphold that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you're already helping that, Jay. <laughs> All right, uh, number five. Your top tip for anyone trying to improve their squash. A bit more serious this one. Um, yeah, so my, my pet peeve is, is kids not playing with enough intensity, uh, training certainly with enough intensity um, and, and, and maybe sort of starting a session and, and worrying about whether they're going to be able to do it with enough intensity to make it towards the end. So they, they end up doing it at 60%, hoping it'll last longer rather than going absolutely balls out. And, and then if you need a rest after 10 minutes, I'll give you a rest. Um, just, yeah, hard... Kids who who have been given great opportunities to improve and 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 not and not putting it all in it really it really does wind me up. I seem to spend most of my time um, at aspire squads and academy squads and stuff, putting kids off court about attitude and application and stuff like that. And I think it's you know maybe for me it's because when I when I was trained when I was when I was young I was a little bit of a a perfectionist, um, wasn't happy if if things didn't go quite right, but. And yeah, I might have got a little annoyed at myself, but I, I put that back into working harder as opposed to sulking and whinging and and being a wuss about the whole thing. So um, I'd like to think I, I, I'd expect the same from from kids that I coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah. Can can relate to that for sure. Um, we we get we get a lot of sort of whinging and corner cutting and stuff like that from from some of the juniors <laughs> at, at squads and. 
Yeah, I just think you know the amount of money their parents are spending on 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 them on them to try and get them better and you know, try and get them to compete at a decent level. They should be uh, they should be putting it in every time they step on court. Unfortunately, they don't. So yeah, also interesting that as well. You, if you watch other uh, over lockdown, I've seen some like football squads training and stuff like that, and you watch other sports. Yeah. It just doesn't happen, does it? In a lot in really competitive sports, where there's yeah, you know, it's it's if you're not putting in, then you you know you're off the team or whatever, or you know there's people went plenty of place. Yeah, it's it's, it's a tough one. Me 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 and Tati have conversations about it a lot. Um, just you know, if we were if we were coaches of a different sport, a lot of these kids would just they just wouldn't get invited again. That that would be it. Um, and, until you're going to put put some more into it and and show that you want to be there and you want to improve, they wouldn't be back. But Unfortunately, with squash, we're not blessed with the same sort of numbers as, as um, you know, football, football academies and tennis academies and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah I mean, if we, if we kept telling kids they couldn't come back, we'd, we'd, uh, we'd be running out pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I try and switch those attitudes up. Yeah, good, good stuff. Um, you're, uh, yeah, again, so you're, I know you're, your training methods, you, uh, you certainly did put some uh, did some old sort of fashioned uh, <laughs> old fashioned hard work without too much sports science but I just wonder what your uh, <laughs> whether you know as a result of that what your opinion would be would, would you favor the, the old-fashioned hard work or you would you push people to more to the sports science these days it's an interesting one that uh, uh, yeah I know there was a few things that when I was trying to get myself fit again particularly after rehab and and I did the Vin Napier training and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, there, there wasn't a huge amount of uh, sports science and stuff behind it. And I, I'd imagine my body wasn't at all ready for what I was trying to put it through. But I think I did that because, um, because you know, you hear stories of Jonah Barrington and all that, uh, you know, training so hard that he was pissing blood and, and all that sort of stuff. And I just thought, well, I've got to, I've got to start putting it in. Just, you know, just get down the track with a with a stopwatch and and leave it all out there and and I'm only going to get fitter. Um, but I, I I I would I wouldn't suggest that's the best way of going about things. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I I believe in not going absolutely too meticulous with sports science, but I think we should we should be using the technology and the and the and the facts and research that we that we've. Lucky, lucky, luckier, shut up, luckier and luckier to have. Um, and I've certainly started to learn a little bit more about it, all the plyometrics and stuff and looking after your body a little bit more, um, trying to get kids to do the same. But yeah. whether they listen or not is another thing. I mean, we, we, we did a, a couple of sessions recently, which when, we, when we're trying to do more and more of that stuff, only only certain certain number of the kids actually take it seriously enough because it's, it's difficult for the youngsters, I guess, to, can you piss off? Um, it's Brucey, by the way. Yeah, she's yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the uh, I get, I see. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's, it's it's getting the kids to to see the direct relevance between those looking after your body and, and strengthening up muscles that maybe can't be seen and, and stuff to to look after your body. The direct relevance of that as to how that's going to make you a better squash player, um, which. I think is the is one of the most difficult things that we're finding at the minute. But no, I would uh, I, I would go I would go down the sports science route. But I, I I think that it's important to do some of the old fashioned stuff of just 
yeah. doing something that you hate doing and, and just know that it's going to hurt and, you, and you're not going to enjoy it while you're doing it. But the sort of brutality of that is important. Is yeah. an important mindset to, to work on, particularly in a, in a brutal sport like squash. Yeah, yeah I think I think this I think this place for both. Yeah, yeah, good answer. Um, next one, this is a tricky one. The best day of your life. You've uh, you've been through. <laughs> so you've been through. You know, you've been, you're, you're married. You've uh, you've you're a dad, and uh, your football team's just won the Premier League. So. <laughs> yeah, tricky one. <laughs> It's tricky. It's tricky. Um, I, I, I guess the the classic answer would be um, when Orla was born. But pregnancy is absolutely brutal, <laughs> and 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 most I, I'd say ninety nine percent of that day when when Lauren was giving birth to Orla was was closer to being the worst day of my life rather than the best. It was it was brutal. Didn't enjoy any of it um, until she came out. So. <laughs> I guess I guess I mean having said that when when you see your daughter for the first time that that you know nothing beats that um wedding day was brilliant this is a tough one um wedding day was brilliant but I hadn't I haven't waited I hadn't waited 31 years to get married <laughs> uh, <laughs> whereas uh I've, I've been waiting a good 25 20 uh no 20 uh about 30 years <laughs> uh, to wait for Liverpool to win the title. So hopefully Lauren won't hear this, but uh, I'm going to go with Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, all right. Um, it's, been a good, it's been a good couple of days on the, uh, on the champagne, I have to say. Yeah. I mean, popping a few bottles. Yeah, yeah. Had to, really. It was, it was sort of, a, I guess it was, it was a slightly more difficult one to celebrate in the sense that we didn't win it it wasn't one with us winning a match. It was one with Man City losing. So, um, but I'd imagine we're still going to have some more days to celebrate. To be honest. So, yeah, it's yeah. been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, it has it has. Um, so from, yeah, from so from popping bottles. Uh, what's your? Uh, you've got many tastes. What's your favourite whiskey? I'm just I'm trying to get into more whiskey, so I'm personally looking for recommendations. But you know, there might be a few people out there as well. Any, any you could recommend? The uh, the whiskey I've drunk the most of is probably Glen Glenmorangie. Um, it was it was actually Lauren who got me into whiskey in the first place because her her and her dad love a love a cheeky whiskey to end the night. Um, that's that's her favourite. Um, Japanese whiskey's very nice. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I like I, I quite like it. Quite sort of peaty, so like a Glenfiddich or something or an an Ardback goes down pretty nice. Right, I'll, uh, I'll look out for that. I think we've got a well, got a Scotch section in the uh, local local liquor store, so I'll, uh, I'll have a look, see what I can find. I usually go up to the uh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and uh, it's got a very good whiskey museum there. So um, I recommend that one day. A little trip uh, trip for you and Nicole. Get yourself up there for the fringe. Yeah, that'd be great. Actually, yeah, yeah. Been there once, yeah, briefly, and combined with the stag doing it was uh, actually met you up there, didn't we? Afternoon pint, but yeah, oh, yeah, you did. Oh, of course, you did, yeah, 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 stag do, yeah. Um, well, I know you're into music as well, so you're uh, what's your, what's your favorite band? Um, I, I keep getting told off by Lauren for repeatedly putting on the Stone Roses and the Smiths, so for oh. <laughs> lockdown, it's pretty much uh, exclusively what I've been listening to. Um, yeah, it would be difficult for me to choose between the two of those, I think. <laughs> 
Manchester, yeah, definitely, Manchester yeah. influences. I think that's probably where, where I started to listen to them the most, yeah. Um, was when I was in my time up there, but I certainly haven't stopped. Yeah, um, yeah well, no, those two bands would probably be my favourite at the minute. I would, I'd love to go and see see him. Might might be going to see the streets soon as well, actually. And uh, they're doing a, a drive-in gig at Cheltenham Racecourse, which we're going to try and get tickets for. So really, uh, yeah, <laughs> we've certainly had a good good uh, few nights uh, raffling along the streets somewhere at two a.m. when you get back from a night out, uh, like. I like to think it was my party trick, but I could only, like, I think I kind of would manage to get like, one word out of every sentence right. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it was, I think it was something at the time we, we, all, we all thought you were sort of a lyrical genius and knew every word, but I'd imagine in a cold light of day, <laughs> there was quite a few, quite a few words left out. <laughs> you added, you missed out, yeah. yeah. Uh, your favourite uh, festival memory? Now you've been to a few fe- music festivals. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I've had some, uh, some dodgy moments. I remember I always, I always uh, Glastonbury I've been to a couple of times and I always, by the, by the Saturday, I sort of don't feel like I can drink any, any more beer. So I try and change it up to a, to a different, uh, a different alcohol. Usually, usually get on the gin and end up going far too hard. Um, and on the, and on the Sunday, I'm really, really struggling. So I actually, uh, I ended up Lionel Richie Sunday morning. Um, I remember I just about made it through uh, Hello and then I was like I turned to Lauren and I was like I'm going to faint and, uh, and I, I just went like that but thankfully it was so busy <laughs> I didn't hit the deck I managed to stay stay up um, sort of waddled off to the long drops and uh, bought a coke and, and had a word with myself going you've got to sort yourself out here mate <laughs> um, but no, the uh, my best my best Glastonbury memory was um, the second year we went. The weather was absolutely appalling, um, brutally muddy, muddy, um, and just uh, I think it was on the Saturday afternoon we were sat uh, stood on top of one of the hills and the sun started came out just as uh, the madness started singing uh, baggy trousers. That was, uh, oh, that was a great moment because everyone suddenly with the sun coming out was just in a, in a great mood. It was. Uh, yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, that, that will stay with me for a while. That one. Quality. All right, number eleven, final one. Your uh, your favourite squash tour memory. You had a, oh, a couple of careers actually, but yeah, yeah. What your favourite memory was. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I was. My career wasn't exactly very extensive on on uh, on PSA, unfortunately. Um, I did. I had a I had a great couple of trips to um, America with. Kristen Johnson, he's yeah. always a, an entertainment um, in himself. Um, I, mean, I think my first PSA was uh, was in Nairobi, and I, I did really enjoy that. It was it was a five k, um, and there was it was really strong. Coppinger, um, I played Clinton Liu in the first round. Um, I remember Tom Javano was there in his top hat. He was uh, <laughs> off, off into uh, into the centre of Nairobi each night with the uh, the ladies of the night. <laughs> uh, well, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, Australia. My first Australia trip when I when I um, before I went to university was was brilliant. Uh, was I was out there with Treswell. Yeah, yeah Treswell was uh, when he had nice long long locks. Um, He's a Leon, with, with 
with Kristen as well. Yeah, we, we played a lot of golf and went to a few casinos in, in the middle. Um, yeah, in terms of like squash, uh, where, where I've been with squash generally, mm-hmm. I, I, I had a great time with Heinz out in Princeton um, when we were doing camps over, over there. When we, we, you know, we sp- kept uh, nipping off at the weekends into New York, we, we went off to Atlantic City one time and <clears throat> doing pool parties on the roof and we uh, fleeced some Americans in some casinos in Philadelphia as well, playing a bit of poker. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say one necessarily stands out. Um, I mean, it was a long time ago, to be fair. I, I haven't been on tour for, <laughs> for a long, long time now. But um, no, I've been very lucky uh, with who I've met and the experience I've had with squash. Most of them has probably come with, with you boys when I've been living with you in the West. But yeah, yeah. Good stuff. I'm sure we'll, we'll get on to some of those stories in, in a bit, I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, how's that? How's it been with that in lockdown, not having any sports? So, you've, I know for you, uh, well, yeah, watching sport, but also the betting side of it, it's been, uh, so the last couple of years, you've become pretty proficient at it. <laughs> I, I did find this, well, so we were without sport for quite a while, weren't we? Um, yeah, I did, I did find it hard. I was I was not in a great mood. I was and, and I was just thinking I've I've just got to watch any live sport um, possible. And that's why I said I, I ended up watching Belarusian football. I think I even watched a reserve match one day. It was like, what, looking back again, what are you doing? Like, the quality of football is is beyond bad. Um, but just anything, just to get a little bit of yeah excitement in that sort of sense. Um, Betting-wise, I guess it's, it's sometimes it's nice to have a bit of a, a break from that. But um, my bank balance is uh, is missing the betting side of it. Certainly, certainly without uh, certainly without being able to bet on squash, um, which, as as Bob Owen says, a, a monkey could win on. <laughs> well, I think I only know. T- we know we know a few uh, few, <laughs> a few monkeys. Yeah, I think I only know two people who struggle to. Uh, to profit regularly on that, and that's uh, Tatey and, and Ryder. <laughs> Neither of those can uh, find a way. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm certainly making up for it now. I mean, we're, we're getting blessed with Premier League football every single day. Yeah. And I've, I've probably never watched more football in my life, I'd imagine, just back to back. Not always easy with a, with a one year old running around, but yeah. I know you had some insights into, uh, into the tennis world as well with. Um... Dan Evans, the uh, just just recently, well, twenty minutes ago, just won the uh, Battle of the Brits. But I know he was uh, he was doing some of his lockdown training next year at your club. Yeah, he was uh, he was looking for some um, performance acrylic to to train on. So he was he uh, located Bank Green, which got two decent decent enough acrylic courts. Yeah, so it's uh, pretty nuts at a tiny club like that. But yeah, I was uh, doing some of my fitness training with Kira uh, on the court next to him a couple of times and he was uh, he just doesn't stop talking just just relentless banter with <laughs> with uh, Lloyd and Nathan just just every single point he wins he's he's chirping out and going out oh, you, you can't be putting that there mate you can't be putting that there <laughs> I think I, the second time I saw him I said oh, that's sounding a bit better today Dan and he was he went yeah yeah I'll give it give it a four out of ten Still good enough to beat everyone else in the world, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't good enough to beat uh, your 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 twin brother. Your um... yeah, I, I I think Sam did Sam beat Dan 
Dan, Dan played for Warwickshire and we were playing for Gloucestershire back in the day and he was, he was just as chirpy back then. But yeah, uh, yeah, Sam did beat him in a, in a singles match, in a county, county match back then. Fortunately for Sam. years older, but yeah, still, wins a win. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine it's something that he'd have noted down and remembered. <laughs> did, he, uh, did, he, did he steal any of your fitness ideas, any of your circuit, circuit exercises, or was he not too interested? I mean, you know Dan. <laughs> I doubt he even noticed what we were doing, to be honest. He's, uh, he's pretty self-focused, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, actually talking about Joel Hines and, and betting, him, him and Dan had a, they had a, good, a good squash match back in, back in the day, I think. Dan had Joel bet, bet he was going to beat him 27-0 or something. I think Joel gave him an eight-love start, English yeah. story. And they, for, it was big money, well, big money for Joel at the time. And <laughs> not for Dan. <laughs> um, yeah. They for 50 quid and I think Joel beat him in, beat him in five. So uh, he was, Joel, as you know, Heinz, he's, he's, he's delighted if he uh, wins a Lucasade or, or a fiver. So the fact that he came away from West Warwick's 50 quid up that morning, he was absolutely buzzing. <laughs> I mean, Heinz is very, very hard to beat when there's any sort of money or anything involved. He, uh, yeah. As as we found out on multiple occasions when he wanted a drunk game of FIFA for two quid, he suddenly uh, he's sticking five in the back of his net. <laughs> <laughs> that does bring us nicely on. Yeah. To yeah, to to trade sort of downtime between training, which was always uh, yeah, we, we really obviously lived together for four or five years or three years, it? three or four years in Birmingham. But, um, when, when yeah. we, were, we were both training, and uh, yeah, we had we had some fascinating uh, downtime between sessions, didn't we? In the house, on yeah, the, it was the a, table. Yeah, we we loved a bit of time on the bays, didn't we? Uh, Angles Grinley versus uh, Jamie One Pot Haycox. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you, you you could smash in a red from uh, from the length of the table and then miss a black off the spot. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think I think we were pretty good at, weren't we, at uh, taking our mind off off uh, training and off off squash, I guess, in, in between sessions. Taking um, our mind off rather than focusing on the training, probably. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we did some we did some interesting stuff. I, I remember um, doing a couple of yoga sessions, and I think even one day we had uh, Darcy Bustle on the on the telly. Uh, I think me, you, and Himes cramped into our, our our pretty small living room with the Radiator turned up and tops off. I think <laughs> I think your girlfriend walked in at the time and just was like, "What the hell is going on here?" <laughs> Pretty uh, homoerotic, I think, from the outside. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, sixty-six percent of the <laughs> of the classmates hip operations as well. <laughs> Maybe that yeah. wasn't quite uh, quite up to scratch as well. Well, I think Birmingham hip is definitely a thing, isn't it? I mean, is yeah, I mean, I remember Johnny was round one day, and we were like, "Well, none of us are thirty, and there's and there's four hip operations on this sofa. Like, what the hell is going on here?" Um, yeah, we it was pretty pretty hard luck, I guess. Yeah, something right, something to do with the I don't know the floors or the beds or the training methods, something. In there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not going to take the blame and say the training methods, are we? But it could well have been. Um, which... Sort of brings us on to, uh, well, yeah, living together. We, uh, the, the calamitous uh, Ibiza trip, the, the, ho- the holiday. <laughs> we, uh, I don't know, it, just, it started off on a bad note and sort of got worse, didn't it, really? Which was, I, I'd, I'd not really thought too much about this until uh, a, a listener, Sean Wilkinson, 
Yeah. <laughs> well, Sean, Sean brought it up because he likes to uh, get his wooden spoon out and, and stir things up a little bit. And uh, a few years ago when I was out at Princeton camp and me and Joel were around at his house and we'd had a couple of beers, we had, a, we had quite a heated argument over, <laughs> over whose fault was uh, <laughs> Ibiza. Um, when we, yeah. So, for, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, considering we, we were, what, six, or six of us, I think, who were... Uh, had all uh, travelled all around the world by ourselves with without any problems at all. Suddenly decided to go to Ibiza and and just seemed to forget how to put one foot in front of the other. It was just calamitous from the word go, wasn't it? Um, and, <laughs> I just yeah, then, I'll never forget. <laughs> I mean, for anyone, <laughs> any listeners, it's such nonsense. But I was yeah, yourself, me, um, Chris Ryder, Joel Hines, Johnny Harford, was it? Was it? Yeah, Johnny was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, as you, like you say, we'd we'd travelled you know, all around the world. Like we were probably in our thirties at the time, and not even just outside the eighteen to thirty bracket, really. But yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the, obviously we'd heard that Ibiza is quite quite a pricey place to visit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someone decided it was it would be a good idea. You know, we're doing it on a budget, so we, <laughs> I know one of the, some of the boys have popped to Aldi and uh, stocked up. <laughs> Stopped it with uh, pizzas, beers, <laughs> snacks. Honestly, yeah. you couldn't believe it. Like uh, we, we, uh, we, we were, um, we were checking in, and, I, and they they said, "Can we have a look in your bags, please?" And and we were pulling out jars of pasta sauce, uh, <laughs> <laughs> pizzas, and they're like, "What are you thinking? You can't take this on board." Like. And we're just going. What are we doing? And and we'd had we'd probably had overweight as well. At, at least at, Joel had heard that you can't get any cider in Ibiza, so he <laughs> he had he had taken Aldi to the cleaners in the number of ciders they bought. Loaded <laughs> up his bag. I mean, his bag was so heavy you could barely lift it. Um, I think we had to drink. So suddenly we well, well yeah we were in that position where we either throw it away or or you got to neck a few. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean we 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 brought far too many with us to to neck them all, but yeah, it's just what are we thinking like we've all been on holiday before we've all been around the world i mean why are we bringing jars of pasta sauce with us what are you doing i know we may have been um, you know somewhat hard but it wasn't it wasn't that desperate i mean we'd, yeah i, I mean can't, i can't fathom i think uh, we were we were all renowned for saying we were broke and then always finding money, money for a pint or, or two weren't we so uh, <laughs> there's always there's always money for it if you look deep enough <laughs> If you're prepared to delve uh, deep enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, obviously, we we got there, and day one, we've all gone down to the beach. Um, and none of us bought anything. I guess that was quite sensible. We didn't bring money with us or anything like that. But then people kept trying to sell us tickets for stuff, and we didn't have any means to buy it. So day two, we uh, suddenly, rather than maybe just, just putting one wallet in there and, and loading it up or whatever, we suddenly nearly all of us have brought our wallets down and uh, quite a few of the lads put, put, had their phones with them and stuff like that. And we got onto the beach. Uh, everyone wanted to go into the, into the sea and, and play some ball. Uh, I volunteered to stay with the bag and look after it. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, after a few beers, I needed a pee. So I, I wandered down into the sea. And at that same time, this uh, fat bloke, Across the uh, across the peak, start streaking, going going nuts, and everyone's turning around and looking, and I'm going, boys, boys, have you seen this? Have you seen this? And by the time I turned back, the uh, 
our bag had gone. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it was my fault. Uh, I shouldn't have left the bag, but uh, I think I've been lucky. I, I think uh, I think we were trying to look, look cool on the beach. We had our, our sort of pit pat bat and ball set, and you know, all yeah. being little squash pros. I think we were I don't know, in good shape. Yeah, trying to impress people with uh, you know some some pit pat extensive yeah. pit pat rallies, shots through the legs, and uh, I think dive, dive we've, in we've been for about ninety minutes. To be fair to you, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, uh, that that's where I can be absolved slightly with just the length of time I was left <laughs> by myself. But yeah, with a uh, yeah, and then it just got worse from there, didn't it? I mean, Joel's passport was in there, and we didn't think he was going to be able to get home. Um, we bought tickets. We were walking. To- for a couple of all, our t- all our tickets got stolen, yeah, um, a lot of cash. I remember we were walking to the police station and you suddenly got annoyed and kicked a cider can and suddenly your foot is bleeding <laughs> everywhere. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough opener to that, to that holiday. I think we, we ended up pulling it around and have a good night in the end. But Yeah, yeah certainly. Certainly let's take a look at ourselves after that, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that none of us have behaved like that again on, on holiday. I'd imagine... At least pretend to know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, Sign up and have have, uh, have have funds to pop out and uh, another ten euro menu. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, good times though. It was it was good good fun. Um, we, uh, we we I remember plenty of uh, league journeys. You and I played for we had a couple of seasons playing for the uh, for the same teams in the squash squash tour. Uh, with a few up in Yorkshire. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I guess I've had a little bit of a, a mixed uh, success in, in league stuff. Um, I was branded uh, and uh, I was nicknamed as uh, Andre Shevchenko when I was at, when I was at university when I started playing for uh, Manchester Northern. Um, I think I'd uh, Bilko Pete Bilson, who, who was an absolute pleasure to watch week in week out. By the way, um, it brought brought me in uh, a youngster with a. You know, a, prom- a, a decent junior career behind him. He brought me in with probably a fair amount of expectations, uh, and he said that yeah, I bought in for a lot of money, but rarely delivered, which was why I was sitting named Shevchenko, and that stuck with me for my whole three years at university. I think, uh, yeah. If he, I mean, if he if he had high expectations, they were probably dashed in in the first week, which uh, had to play a match halfway through our freshers' week, um, and. I remember I was playing James now and I think I, I cramped up within within the first game and I, I'd, I'd lost in less than 20 minutes. Um, didn't stay for food, <laughs> went back on a night out straight after. So, yeah, he's probably, uh, he probably measured his expectations after that, I'd imagine. Performed, yeah, performed that Andrew, bit of an Adrian Mutu almost. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Signed at the wrong stage of your career, pretty much. Didn't, didn't really get in line with uh, Freshers Week and first year at university, I guess. It, it was it was a tough it was a tough one because it, at Manchester there was no squash set up at the university at all there was no coach um, so all all of the training was just done off your own back with with other students basically swung it out um, and that obviously isn't always you're certainly not going to be training five times a week if if you know you're going to be going out pretty much every night so there was uh, there was pretty, there was very little little training going on. Um, and at the same time, I'd uh, I'd found a, a love for cheesy chips on the way home after night out, and <laughs> I'd probably uh, put up to my uh, my highest weight when I was <laughs> a funny time when I was playing against um, Danny Masaro's team. Um, 
travelled travelled over to his place and uh, I remember walking into the club and I was like, All right, Danny? And he and he just didn't say anything. He obviously clearly didn't look well recognise me or whatever and then it, we got on court and he was like oh sorry Chris I didn't recognise you before like you've gotten a bit of weight haven't you <laughs> and I was like bloody hell I, I knew I knew I'd put on some weight but I didn't realise I was unrecognisably fat <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a bit of a wake up call I think I started playing a little bit more after that did you how did you get on against him did you sort of take, take out and manage to uh, put him to bed mate don't you worry about that <laughs> he knew he knew yeah. at the end of it yeah absolutely yeah yeah, when he couldn't get it off the volume, you know. <laughs> uh, no, I, I enjoyed playing leagues. I, I played, um, yeah, me and you played for Dunnington for a while, didn't we? Um, yeah. Yorkshire League. We had some, some uh, decent trips up there. Uh, some good guys up there. Um, My vivid memory of that. Enjoy- I remember. I, I always think, I remember myself having bad results and you having good results. <laughs> so we... <laughs> We'd be driving up, driving up into good spirits, and then uh, yeah, I remember the way back. You, you, I guess you were you starting out again, so you uh, you had a few good results, and I was. Yeah, I think. Yeah, there was a few few decent ones that took out Akil and and stuff like that. Um, but then it's it's funny that, that sort of stuff. It comes, it gives you. You sort of remember some of the stuff you did back then. Like I remember I had a, I had a brutal match with. Um, with Akil that day and, and decided not to eat straight after because I was too tired and I got back home out of a bowl of Cocoa Pops and that was it. I was like, that is not enough for, for recovery for back to training at eight o'clock the next day. It's just, uh, yeah, you did question some of your decisions sometimes. I've certainly got quite a few of the decisions that I'd question across, across my career, but, uh, well, career, I'm not sure you can call it that, but um, certainly before some of the tours and stuff. Well, yeah, nicely talking about cramp and uh, preparation for the tour. That was, nicely brings us on to the the, uh, the famed Oz tour, the second second trip. Yeah, yeah, this is a, a great source of amusement to uh, to everyone in the West. <laughs> um, and a good yeah, it was, a good period building up to it, didn't you? Yeah, so I'd, I'd had my second um, no, yeah, so it was after my first hip operation. I, I've since been told by Tatey that. Uh, I was the last person to, to know I had a hip problem because he said that I couldn't bend my knees in the back corners at all. So um, yeah, I was like, well, you could have told me that at the time, right? I might have done it less damage. Um, yeah, it was a, I, I'd done some pretty tough training. I'd, I'd done the bit Napier stuff. So I was, I, was, um, I was down the track every morning about 7am, just me and, me and the stopwatch um, in, the, in the horrible rain and stuff like that, which is pretty brutal stuff. But... Then I decided. If anyone doesn't know, Vinny's a legendary uh, Australian squash coach guru who, from the what sixties, seventies, maybe that uh, yeah. he put, put together a yeah a sort of pre-season training manual, and I remember he passed on a passed on a sort of dusty copy from was it Rustam from the back of Ireland, maybe yeah Rustam I think he gave it to it I, I think it was it was Tatey that had recommended it Tatey and, and I think Rob knew something about it as well. Um, I mean, looking back, absolutely ridiculous that I was doing it because I've always struggled to run. My joints have always hated running anyway. So, bearing in mind, I'd, I'd, my rehab wasn't brilliant. Uh, I wasn't getting well looked after by physios and stuff like that. So, I was most of it was off my own back. I decided to do an Oz tour because I was, you know, I'd lost a year and a half through my injury and trying to get the operation done. 
So I sort of rushed to get myself back ready for for Australia and and just hammered that bin Napier out. I mean, it can't have done like it can't have done my hip any good. Um, but it, it sort of there was a sort of catalogue of areas just before really. I mean, me and you played a, an exhibition at Four Oaks maybe a few days before I left. Just day uh, before long flight, though, yeah. Day before, and uh, I think we'd been out the night before for a few drinks, so we were we were pretty hungover. We were driving across, and we we just both just went right. Just our only aim here is just don't get injured, don't get injured. And I think first game you've lined up at your famous exhibition boast. <laughs> I've tried to scramble to get it back and have pulled a muscle and can't in my quad. Um, yeah, so I got I got out to Australia and I felt pretty unprepared. I was, I was mentally probably all right. I was I was I was I was going to give it a good go, but physically was was probably quite a way off. Um, so I decided I got got into my little hostel. <laughs> Thought day day one, uh, it's not it's a bit cold outside. I don't really want it's raining. It's, yeah, um, let's try, try and do some uh, ghosting in my in my little room. Uh, and I use the word ghosting pretty lightly because the room was only big enough for maybe one or two strides at a time. Um, but I think I probably was doing it for about an hour, <laughs> just just trying to get trying to get myself sweaty and trying to get get some get my heart rate up as much as I could. Uh, so that was I mean anyone who's I mean, I think one guy was just on the top bunk, just going, "What the hell is this guy doing?" That's ridiculous stuff. Um, yeah, day two, got thought I'd try and get my bearings, so I thought I'd go and go and look for the club. Um, decided to go for a run, got lost. Didn't know, I didn't know where I was. I was I was running, and then suddenly before before I knew it, I was I'd been running for about twelve miles, <laughs> um, which my body, like I said, does not enjoy at the best of times. So the next day, I was I was so stiff and I certainly had not recovered by round one <laughs> uh yeah so looking back you just you know just get a taxi mate just get a taxi to the club don't don't be ready for 10 miles <laughs> stupid uh but actually I played all right in that first tournament but then yeah by the time I think it was the third tournament in uh Tasmania um a, a lot of the a lot of the uh the flooring in in these clubs over there quite old clubs they're pretty hard underneath yeah, and I've I've chopped up this um, this guy on the first game, and then mid, midway through the second game, I've just gone down with awful cramp in my in my in my in my car, and I'm thinking this is ridiculous. Like I'm all over this guy, I can't stop. <laughs> I tried to carry on, and then I just couldn't put any weight through my leg. So I, I mean, what they must be thinking? Easy first game, midway through the second, he's cramping up. What a joke! Uh, but yeah, and that was it. That was it. I had to pull out. Ridiculous. Yeah. Pathetic. Yeah. All that way. Yeah. All that way. All that crap. All those hard yards around Cannonhill Park. And yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was not certainly not a highlight. Of a highlight. Of a highlight. Of a, of a, of a... Oh, we got a bit weird there. Got a bit weird there, Jack. Oh. I can hear myself. I can hear myself. Oh. This would be uh, a good test for the editing skills. <laughs> uh yeah so yeah it was a pretty i think I, I then went straight from there to um to junkie i think i think i flew wow. straight from australia to, to junkie to meet you there um straight from sydney actually i think straight from sydney i was i was disappointed with the result there got absolutely twatted and then got on a flight the next day to junkie <laughs> which is uh, for junkie actually but 
not for not for the body. By this stage, you must no. have been running out. The, uh, you must have been low on the tiger balm and the uh, aloe vera. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the I think the magic cream. I called it. I think. I mean, the aloe vera heat gel, the heat cream. I think that that maybe put a couple of weeks on my on the end of my career. Um, I'd like to say it made it last longer, but a couple of weeks at least. Uh, yeah, I mean, so unfortunately, when I was out in um, Australia, my, my hip went again. Um, whether that was down to me obviously not looking after it properly or not, I don't know. But um, certainly, lack of rehab, imagine, and rushing it back didn't help. Um, so I had to go in for a second hip operation not too, not too long afterwards. And, uh, and that was that. It's uh, certainly not something I'd wish on, on anyone else because. Yeah, getting told that you probably aren't going to play at any sort of level ever again um, when you haven't really achieved anything that you wanted to achieve in, in the sport is uh, is pretty brutal to yeah, suddenly yeah. get serious after some light on his death. Well, nice, nice to see that, yeah, like putting those, um, those experiences yeah, and to, to right now and uh, you know, helping the next generation in the, in the, in the Midlands and nationally yeah putting those experiences um and you know help yeah I mean, I'm, I'm still pointing the mistakes i'm still very passionate about squash it's it's an absolutely brilliant sport um and i, I love coaching so um and i enjoy coaching uh blokes down at west warwick's who you know aren't, aren't you know they're just trying to get from league seven up to to league three i enjoy coaching them just as much as i do the uh, the more more elite juniors, uh, yeah. Yeah, you got your, your famed uh, your Friday night Friday night Fight Club, which is uh, <laughs> particularly successful at West Warwick's. A few characters there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, a few characters. It's been interesting. Uh, actually, keep a lot of those guys are obviously massively missing their their squash. Um, but we've kept a kept a Friday night Zoom call going for for most of the lockdown where we uh, all have a couple of beers and stuff. So. Uh, yes, I, I love I love that side of it. I'm always going to be uh, try and keep the social side of, of work going as much as I can. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, weird, weirdly, throughout lockdown, I've managed to get probably fitter than I've been since I did stop playing squash um, somehow. But um, what's the doing? Uh, well, it's been on the spinning bike a lot that's that's what's what's done it downloaded that peloton app and they've, they've been doing um, bike sessions and a few weight sessions on there which most days so no i think it's just it's just time you know you guys used to call me the, the human scarecrow because the amount of hours just churning out um and with that you sort of so tired by the end of the day you don't really feel like you want to go and do any fitness work as well um, but yeah, I can sort of get used to a slightly slower pace of life. I, I, I'm not going to say that lockdown's been amazing, but um, certainly given me a bit of time on my hands to, I guess, look after myself a little bit more and spend a bit of time with Ola. And um, yeah, I, I don't feel like I'm in a rush to go back to going at 100 miles an hour again. It's been quite nice to, yeah, be a bit more sedate. I guess you feel like. Yeah, obviously, a lot, you know, a lot of offices are, uh, you know, considering only going back to fifty percent, like for the, and you know, letting people work more remotely. Are you gonna, are you gonna change your sort of coaching style, or are you gonna 
you got to cut the hours when when it's when things do reopen or it's a tough one isn't it um yeah i i don't feel like i necessarily need to do the same number of hours as i, as I did before certainly financially but also if i want to keep my body going for a little bit longer it's probably i probably need to look at the amount of lessons i'm doing certainly individuals but having said that yeah, if someone asks me for a lesson, I'm I'm not very good at saying no. So <laughs> I, I'm saying this now. By the time by the time we're allowed back on a squash court, I imagine I'll be going, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. How's it looked? Is it looking like mid July maybe for the UK? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's got their hopes up about gyms and stuff opening on the fourth, but that's not happened. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those things. I, I don't see really why we can't start back at least doing solo practice and households and maybe me doing individuals um at least at least off court like from the from the balcony or whatever so it's a bit frustrating from that sense that, that we can't get back on court yet i'm, de- I'm dying to hit some balls absolutely dying to yeah. and uh what about uh that dryhurst who work with the bank green she uh i used to give her coaching sessions at 8.20 I think it was and you know I'd, turn, I'd just about get there dead on time and uh, you know yeah. she'd, turn, she'd be there already she'd have she'd have been to the gym elsewhere and already, already done a gym session yeah she must be uh, yeah she's uh, she's found it tough she has found it tough um, but she sort of has lost a little bit of motivation for, for squash while it's happened as well which is um, a shame but uh, okay she has taken up rowing um, and she's found some times for uh, people her age um, that national best times, and she's been trained to try and beat those basically. Um, and yeah, obviously, like, like I said, she, she'd, have, she'd have been doing two sessions before eight o'clock of the rowing as well. So, yeah, well, I'll this, but unfortunately, she, uh, she came off her bike last week. And has uh, fractured fractured her elbow and and a bone in her hand and um, yeah and her helmet was smashed into three pieces so it was quite nasty uh, so she's in a cast for eight weeks won't be able to will be a while before she's back on unfortunately oh, wow well yeah send send her my best I doubt she'll she well, probably doesn't want to listen to this but uh, <laughs> yeah, probably not no <laughs> but yeah no she's an absolute legend uh, certainly Worcestershire squash. Um, all, all the success that's come out of Worcestershire in recent years has been mainly down to her. So, yeah, legend, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll start to wrap it up. As I'm sure you're pretty busy with, uh, with family life. Bruce might need some attention. Lawrence just walked in and started doing the uh, company cut it off. <laughs> yeah. I think um, uh, all it's, it's dinner time for all of us. So. Okay. Well, it's uh, yeah, been an absolute pleasure to to catch up. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure the, the niche following will will enjoy it. <laughs> and uh, like yeah, like I said, some of those stories are a great source of amusement to them guys. Anyway, so I'm sure they would have liked to, and I'm sure Heinz would like to know that I've taken responsibility for the Ibiza thing. <laughs> yeah, it's good to get it's some closure. Been waiting for yeah, yeah. Uh, right. No, no, thanks, thanks for having me. It's always good to catch up, Jay. So absolute pleasure. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Take care. Fantastic to have Chris 
and Bruce on the show there. Another great insight into the tour, some injuries, some successful trips, some less so, and great to see that Chris is now doing such a good job in the Midlands with the juniors and the adult senior squash. If you're in the area, do get in touch and get on court with him. Please tune in next week for episode 7.